0: <laughs> oh okay 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 I, feel, I didn't I know what, what, what. It's, it's like really so I also stream in this room man my girl was, my girl, kind of like forced it on me like she's forcing me to get festive this mm-hmm. year bro you know you know, I'm, I'm from Jamaica right never dressed up for Halloween never really got into the spirit All Right. I might be like they might twist my arm this time I see man you got a whole thing popping in the back <laughs> hey, 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 you ever get into like the you know, <laughs> holiday spirit like type shit uh
1: that's enough nah I never actually I did like I always do last minute shit like I just uh I think the past couple of years because I'm never I never I'm never one to like really plan out but you know I'm always I'd always rather be doing something else so then people always gotta drag me out and so I just grab I always keep this vest in my closet um it's like a uh like a uh, bulletproof vest kind of thing, and I normally just like right on the back, like dot police or some shit like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, man, you you one of niggas who got like you got one outfit for every year. Not that's it. Every problem. year I change the I change the back, I change the something else. You know. Hey, what's the problem, man? Hey, yo, uh, for everybody who watching, man, welcome to another episode of Off the Record podcast. Uh, I'm joined by someone who you know I've watched him on a bunch of shows before. You know, actually, never thought I would get a chance to speak to him on a podcast, but you know, thanks to Spotify, they hooked it up. And I, and honestly, the last thing I watched him on, I didn't have too much of a great opinion of him, okay? <laughs> so we actually going to get into that, but um, my guest is uh, Rome Flynn. Um, you know, uh, I, I found out right before we started, he's from Chicago, you know, actor out in L.A. And, um, you know, we just going to chop it up, man. How you been? I'm solid, man. Chilling, grinding, you know.
1: A lot of A lot of shit going on, man. I got my hands in a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah. I got to imagine, like, what... um. Yo, so like today right like I yeah. got, got a new dog and and um like my girl is stressing me like yo we gotta go do this we got because we're about to get in trained right yeah.
1: and
0: and I'm looking at her I'm like yo, do you know how many things i have to do each day Man. I I don't even have time for certain stuff and I'm wondering like what your life is probably like you know what I mean I've, I've always been fascinated yeah. with you know you know um someone like you who is in an acting scene And of course you're doing definitely doing some music as well right yeah I mean uh the
1: thing is sometimes I wish I only did acting like sometimes I wish I just could focus on that but I think internally I'm just driven like you probably are driven to do to just reach out to so many different things like if you just did twitch or whatever or or just uh, did your podcast like you'd be very limited you know and so as people of color you know we always have to um figure our shit out which means we have to branch out we have to like Figure out different streams of income, you know, and so I think growing up too just always had this creative nature of wanting to do everything, you know, and so now you know I'm acting, I'm doing music, I I got a lot of stuff I'm doing in fashion. I'm hoping, um, I I do a lot, I do a lot of things. I, I can hoop, yeah. I you, I'm six foot, man. I'm you a be, bucket too. You, wait, six
0: yeah. foot flat? I'm six foot, yeah. Dunking? I can dunk, yeah. Oh shit. So, yeah, you got hot. Yeah. Damn, yo, wait, all right, yo, So you are gonna have to give me the give me the story. I, I need I need the full background. You're from Chicago. I want to know how yeah. you know. Number one, you end up in LA. How you get it really yeah. acting? And there's a bunch of really. I don't want to jump right into some of the roles you played that I want to talk about, but I, I want to know <laughs> how did you, this even start? Because, uh, you know, growing up in most you know inner cities, I mm-hmm. think acting always sounds cool, but like I don't know if people ever really know an actual path to get there. Or do nah. you kind of create your own path? No, nah, I mean,
1: for me, I grew up. Um, I never did a drama class or nothing like that. Uh, I just hooped my, my whole life, basically. And then when I got like twenty years old, uh, I wanted to go play basketball in college. Um, and so I, I finally got a scholarship. But at the same time, uh, I was riding one of my uh, one of my homegirls back in the day, and she basically told me like, you know, you you dope. Like you should really try to do music or do these other things. Cause I was already playing guitar and already singing. I used to do music before I started acting. And I'm like, okay, cool. So one day we was driving and we heard uh, something on the radio it was like a, like a casting call. Like, uh, do you, do you want to be an actor? You want to be a model, all these sort of things. And he was like, yo, you should do that shit. It was like, right after she told me that. I was like, all right, bet. So I pulled up to it. And basically it was just like a, a cesspool of, of a bunch of people there trying to see if they got talent. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I did like a cold read, which is, they give you a script uh, for a commercial and you just read it on the spot. You know, I did that, I, I sang something, and then that was it. And then I didn't like even about you? it. Nervous? Yeah. Nah, man, it, it was just something fun to do, honestly. It wasn't, you know where I'm from, man, it's like, it, nervous about that that kind of shit was, was never an issue for me, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just went into it like, let's see what happens, you know? And so I ended up getting a call back to go to Orlando and compete in this kind of arts competition, which again, like, I ain't know nothing about it. I went out there and did really well. Um, I met a, a manager out there, um, an agent out there, and it was like, you know, you should come to LA. And I was like, LA, that's crazy. You know what I mean? I don't know nothing about LA. Um, but I ended up finding an agent in Chicago, which really got me started uh, at least auditioning and stuff like that in Chicago. At the same time, I had this scholarship to play basketball. So Ooh. I had already signed my letter of intent to play. And this was like, if you don't mind saying? Oh yeah, it was at a Bethesda university. It was in Illinois. Ah, So, I, I mean, this is all
0: I ever wanted. You know was what I mean? You for schooling? Like, yo, listen, you, yeah, yo, come here, we want to pay for your schooling? Oh yeah, that's true. Sure. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was, I mean,
1: like I said, I was, I was going to be the first one in my family to go to college, you know? And so I was like, man, the only guy I ever wanted, right? And then, so acting came about and I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm actually good at this. And I don't even know how I'm good at it, you know? Uh, but I basically was at a, a fork in the road where I had to choose, you know, I couldn't go to college, play basketball, and also pursue acting at the same time. Um, so I had come to the conclusion that I always knew that basketball had a shelf life, you know, but acting or arts, these kind of things, the potential was limitless to me. So, you know, we got amazing actresses like Cicely Tyson who, who acted till they were like 90 something. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, like, what what is the probability of me making it somewhere and making money off basketball? So that was another thing I had to consider. You know, my family. I was taking care of my family or trying to at the time. So um, acting just felt like, you know, it was more of uh, an opportunity to be successful. So uh, what I had to do next was <laughs> was crazy though because I already signed my letter of intent, right? I so, didn't know that. Exactly, yeah. So I basically I, I called my coach and I told him. Uh, Cause we had got real tight. He was, he was like, man, you know, I'm excited about the season. This was like about the start. And I told him like, man, I can't play. He's like, what do you mean you can't play? And uh, to be real, I honestly didn't tell him the truth because the idea of saying, I want to go to LA to pursue acting just seemed like a, a bigger lie than what I was going to tell him anyway. So I said, uh, you know, uh, I got nowhere to live, which was kind of true. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, I'm worried about it. I'm going to put you in the house with a bunch of other hoopers. We're going to take care of rent. I was like, damn. You know, I gotta, yeah, you got to come that, up with a lot. Yeah, I got to come with something different, man. And then I was like, what's one thing that, they, that he can't really back me into a corner with? And I was like, man, my mom, she she's sick right now, man. Uh, she was healthy. though. I felt bad about that shit after that. But he was like, man, you know, if you ever want to play, uh, let me know. We'll, we'll always figure it out. Um, but what I ended up having to do is email the president of my class because they already had uh, sent the scholarship over and they had allocated the funds for that. You know, when you get a scholarship, they get money for it, you be able to play. Yeah. And so I emailed him and I basically sent him a long email like, yo, man, this might sound crazy, but uh, I want to just rescind my, my scholarship and, you know, drop out of my classes and all this sort of thing. And uh, I told him what I wanted to do. I was honest with him about it. And he said, I don't really know you, but kind of believe you. And then they just gave me the opportunity to, to just back away from it clean. You know, and after that, um, I continued with my job. I was working at a pawn shop for for a while until I uh, just decided to move to LA.
0: Wait, so like, at the moment you're like sending this email and even when you're telling your coach, right? Um, Yeah. How positive, because even if you weren't gonna make it to the pros, like a paid four year college paid for room and board, you know, you could turn that into something, right? Oh, for sure. Something tangible. What, what, What point were you in your acting career where, did you see like, oh no, at least something's going to happen. I don't know how far it might go, but something's going to happen. Um, you know,
1: I, I don't think I ever reached a point where I was like, I'm going to make it. I never thought about that. To be real, I thought to myself, like, if I could get to L.A., what's the difference of living? Because L.A. always seemed like a fairy tale to me, especially from where, I, where I'm from. It never really felt like a real thing, especially when you talk about Hollywood. That's what I was talking about, mm. like, you know. Um, and so to me, I was like, damn, if I can get to L.A., you know, I, I could be broke here, Shit, I can be broke in LA, you know what I mean? I'd rather be broke where it's always 75 degrees, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> and so that was kind of my driving force, but also um, my, my family was real supportive, you know? And so my mom was like, whatever you want to do, you know, we're gonna support you doing it. I just felt so driven to do it. I'm telling you, like, I always pay attention to signs. And so even since I was younger, when I listened to the radio and that came on, like, in the moment that she had asked me that like I always try to pay attention to those things I feel like the universe sends you so I always just lean into that and it just kept leading me in this direction where I was like I got to keep going that way you know and so I had turned down basketball which was something I always wanted my whole life you know it's a real crazy experience <laughs>
0: and, and you're still working at a at a local place and, and and what happens like you know yeah so I was working I ended up I was working at a pawn shop for like 2 years right out of
1: high school uh, instead of playing basketball, you know, I ended up working at this pawn shop and I had a bunch of auditions in, in Chicago, right? Once I decided I was going to pursue acting, I, I had got an agent in Chicago and they were dope, you know, and uh, they always gave me uh, auditions like last minute though. And so I, at, when I reached a certain age, I moved to Springfield, Illinois. So that's where I was living at and working at, you know, at this pawn shop in Springfield. um, And they would send me auditions like a day before, you know, when I would have to be at work. And so my boss, like uh, coincidentally, was a like an acting uh major in, in college. like he he loved acting, but he, it never panned out for him. yeah, so I, well, I think I just got lucky again. another sign to me was so crazy because he always supported me leaving work to go to these auditions, which oh, yeah, he a, yeah, he didn't never fire me. He wanted me to go. like he was always like, yo, you got it like because he always wanted to to do it, you know, and I used to run my lines with him and stuff. And he was kind of a part of my story to get there. It would be last minute. I'd get a call like, Yeah, can you be downtown in like six hours or whatever? I'd be like, damn, you know, let me ask my boss. He'd let me leave every time, you know. And so I think any other job I would have been fired. I wouldn't have had the money to even make it to Chicago, you know. Um, so I did that for a while, learned how to play guitar while I was working there because everybody that I worked with was in a band together. It was a bunch of white guys, they were like a contemporary band. They did a lot of cover songs to like Metallica and like Slipknot, these kind of songs, right? So I learned how to play like electric guitar just by watching them. And then they had a lead singer who, who would always not want to practice. Like he was one of those guys who didn't want to practice but always wanted to do the shows, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they would always ask me to come sing. So I was just singing these fucking, you know, these songs that are just so crazy for me to be singing, but uh, creatively just opened my mind even more, you know? to music and all of it is a uh, synonymous anyway you know acting uh music uh, whatever you think art draw, drawing all of it's really synonymous so I think that also helped me too um by the time I got to LA honestly I, I just had a bag of clothes man I even had nowhere to stay I ended up staying with uh one of my agents I didn't even know him well I was just like yo this is crazy I don't even know this dude yeah but I had another one of my homies that came up here too with him you know and so we was just kind of bouncing around to different um, cribs that he knew. And in a couple of nights, we didn't have nowhere to stay. So he let us stay at his place. Uh, He had a big ass crib though. So it wasn't nothing, but, um, but yeah, I did that for a while, you know?
0: By the way, so like, you know, and and in my travels to LA, right. um, Just talking to people who are kind of on that similar grind, man, for me, the way I live life, if it's uncertain, and by the way, you know, we've all like, you know, going through any journey to success, there's going to be uncertainty. But I always look at that to be like, you never know. Like, you know, a lot of people go out there, they'll be working in a restaurant or a bus boy while they, you know, what I mean, they, 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 they pursue their dreams. And it's like, you never know if that's all you're going to do. Cause you're just never going to get that break. So it's, it's kind right. of, it's, it's kind of scary though. Yeah. I mean, I think
1: where I came from, man, it's just like, it was real life situations that I dealt with, you know what I'm saying? So being told no for an audition or like, not getting a role or even trying to get my way there just felt so insignificant. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I really didn't trip about failing. You know what I mean? I I only was just focused on trying to lean in into what I felt like I was supposed to be doing. And every time I, you know, decided, like, I was going to do something I always worked out. So I was like, I'm just going to keep doing that.
0: Mm. When do you finally get like, you know, like like your first like check from like, you know, doing any type of like acting gig, especially in LA. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, crazy man, uh, another quick little story. Before I got to LA, um, I ended up doing, uh, being a part of this thesis project for Columbia College. Uh, and it was for a young director trying to, you know, pass their class. And so they did a casting for a Sprite commercial. And I did this commercial, uh, it was super simple but um, they they didn't pay us, right? It was just kind of like for experience, you could come and do it. So I did it for experience, right? And up until when I was supposed to leave, like I said, I, I ended up moving to LA with a homie of mine who's also an actor, right? And he was always calling me like, but he was from like a different, he was brought up differently than me. Like I didn't come from money. Like he always had money. He always like assumed that I had money and I always made it seem like I did, you know? So he would be like, yo, you ready to be moving? And like, like four weeks, you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, man. Meanwhile, I was broke. You know, I had no money. <laughs> I was like trying to cap until I had to figure it out. In um, like three weeks before we were supposed to move, right? Uh, I was with my little brother and uh, we was going to <laughs> go to Taco Bell. And at the time my car was from, a, was from a different city, right? I had got it from a dealership, but I ain't pay my, my, my uh, note. I was basically on the run with it. I was like, I'm taking this shit to California with me. You know what I'm saying? They ain't never getting this bad. They to catch you in traffic with it. <laughs> oh, God, they had to catch you in traffic. I had a little Monte Carlo, man. I was I was getting around in it. Um, I had gotten into an accident. Somebody hit me. I was like, damn. First thing I thought of was like, my tag's not right. And I ain't have no insurance. So I just took off. You know, I just like, sure. You know, got back to my dad crib. Yeah. I was like, damn. We got away from that. I woke up the next morning. My car was gone. I'm like, damn. They got the car. They found it. Well, so, cops didn't show up. Well, they did. That's, that's what I'm getting to, because eventually they did show up. And they didn't arrest me, but they was like, look, you got these, you know, fleeing the scene of a crime, like, basically some misdemeanors and shit. And they gave me a court date. And so I went to court um, in Peoria, Illinois. And uh, the judge, they gave me a, uh, you know, a public defender. And he didn't know me or nothing like that. He was just like, he looked over my case briefly. But then the judge started talking and he said, look, I'm looking over your stuff. Uh, we're just going to give you probation for, for basically five months. Like you just can't leave the state. And I was like, whoa, that, ain't, that can't, happen. I got to leave. And like, I'll talk to my public defender. I was like, bro, I got to leave in like four weeks. Like I need to be able to like, how can I expedite this? And he was like, um, well, they need to continue your case for at least a week. And then over this week, I'll look over it and, you know, we'll figure out what we can do so you'll be able to leave. I'm like, okay, cool. So then they, they pushed my um, court date. And I ended up going to court the next time. And, and my lawyer was like, Basically, he told me he had forgot to look over it. He needed to extend it again. And I was like, bro, I'm leaving like- public defender, man. That's what you get, right? Like- I said, dog. I'm like, dog, I gotta leave? I'm like, bro, I gotta leave in like three weeks. Like, I can't miss this. Like, you know, I wasn't driving. Like my car had been taken. My homie was gonna pick me up and take us, you know? So he was gonna go regardless. He had shit set up already. So I'm like, I gotta get on this car, right? And so the, the uh, public defender came back to me. He said, look, they, instead, if you don't want to take probation, um they offered to give you uh, 10 days in the county now if you serve 10 days in the county uh, when you get out you'll be good you won't have to pay any court fees but you know it'll be 10 days and i was like shit sign me up you know hey. so let me get yeah 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 so i said let me let me get this done let me get this out of the way uh, cuz i couldn't have anything hold me back right so I did. I, I was locked up in uh, Peoria. I thought you was going to say County.
0: community service, my nigga. I thought you didn't. No. Go, go, go do like 300 <laughs> hours of community service and you could just out afterwards. I, I, if it was that
1: easy, man, you know. But I ended up doing five days because it was five days good time, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I ain't have to do the whole 10, but that was a whole experience except being in there, you know, <laughs> for those days that I was in there. They, um.
0: They, well, well, you said Peoria. So, so, so that's not Cook County region. No, nah, nah, it's not Cook County. Peoria is like a couple hours uh, away
1: from um, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. That's when yeah. my dad used to live in uh, Peoria, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. But shit. I spent five days there and I didn't even tell my homie that was driving with me. So he didn't know anything because he didn't know me that well. So I didn't want to tell him, like, yo, I got locked up. Like, hold on. He was going to leave me, I thought. So I was like, yo, I just need a couple of days. I need to do a
0: couple of things. Also, he might have been spooked, like, man, what man, was what, yeah. what, this nigga in, man? Yeah, exactly. Like, this nigga. Criminal or what, you know, so. Wait, wait so, uh, yo, what's your family saying, though? Like, like, is your, are you telling your family, like, yo, I'm about to go get locked, locked up? Or I'm about to. I'm I about- told my dad, you know, told my mom. Yeah, they all knew. I mean, like I said, I mean,
1: we wasn't, uh, they, they they haven't been, Um, so they weren't surprised by by that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my family members been locked up before. But it was surprised that it was me, though. It was like, oh, you want to judge crazy? You know, but I'm like, this is the only way I can get through this case quick enough to leave. Um. And so I just was in there for five days, and it was crazy, though. I was in there watching TV um, in the pod that I was in, and it, it was so crowded that I didn't get a cell. So I basically just found like a corner, um, had my toilet paper, my little mat and shit like that. Uh, and there was one guy who always kind of ran the pod, a big ass dude, like six eight, you know. You would always just be up early, you know, watching TV, and he would always put on the Bold and the Beautiful. Which is a soap, right? And he always came over to me like, Yo, what you went here for? By the I way, was telling
0: him. A soap opera. Like-, like Legendary. Bold, Le- bold and Beautiful and Young and Restless, man. Legendary. The bold and Beautiful, which later, later
1: in the story, we find out that I ended up on that show for a couple of seasons, for, for three years, two and a half years. So, you know, backtrack. I'm in jail watching it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, the guy was like, yo, you should be on this shit, man. You look like you be on this shit. I'm like, man, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get to LA. And he uh he's like, yo, you know it's crazy, you like a ken doll. And like, so everybody in the pod just started calling me Ken because I look like the doll. <laughs> and uh I spent five days in there. I didn't even think nothing of it. But it's crazy, you know, fast forward uh being in LA and then being having the opportunity to be on that show, you know, it was like a crazy full circle moment.
0: That's like divine intervention almost like, I, I mean, it, it was that like a look? I, I know you obviously you, you made that choice um, cognizantly saying, yo, I got to get out of here. And you saw the bigger picture, but just like even when you're locked up at that moment, are you like, yo, damn, yo, not only did that turn down a scholarship, like this is kind of a low in, in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that shit could beat down your spirit. You know what I mean? It could just be like, yo, what am Certainly. I, you know what I mean? Like it could make you just question whatever you think your mission is, or even question your passion. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, but I'm telling you the first night I was there, I saw I saw the and beautiful, right? Even though I didn't know what that was yet, he was telling me that it was like crazy little confirmation to me for whatever reason. Um and I just adapted, honestly, you know, and so my pops was well known too in in chicago and 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 uh, and all around Illinois. So I was fine. you know, I was cool. but um, I never really felt felt low. The only thing that was was crazy, just the politics of being in there for a couple of days, like, immediately, you know, you just get kind of submerged into that, into that lifestyle, you know? Um, and then having to figure it out, even if, even if it's just five days, because there's always shit going on, always ways you can get in trouble, always ways you can get more time, you know, niggas in there trying to get shit from you, niggas want you to give shit to them, you know? So it was always me navigating, trying to make sure I just got out of there clean and and didn't get in no trouble, you know? Because it was shit happening, you know, while I was there. So, uh, that that was one of the things I felt like when I got out of it, I was ready. You know, I was ready to go to LA. I was like, man, I got through that. I'm good.
0: You know, you know, that, that gotta feel like you know I've always said with I always said even the, my story right. A lot of people see the, the 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 time I succeeded. They never seen the 67 times I failed. You know, they never right. seen the moments when you know I'm making these tough decisions. I'm making the sacrifices because really that's not the glamorized portion of it. But what right. even your story right? Like you know and Obviously, you're going through not only these hurdles, but you're at a lot of forks in the road where you're going this way. and You're like, I hope I don't have to go all the way back because that's <laughs> that end. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. You, But it's weird. Once you feel like you align with your purpose, like you never really feel like you can do anything wrong. That makes sense. Like every time I, like when I decided to continue in that direction to come to L.A., I didn't know where I was going to lead me. Anything that happened to me along the way, I always knew I was going to be good, you know, to get out of it or whatever was going to happen. I was going to end up on a, because I had spent most of my life not feeling like that. So, you know, just shit always happening to you. You always feeling like, damn, like you don't got money for rent. You got money to eat, like all these sort of things that would happen to you. These things were still happening to me, but now I had a purpose behind, it. you know, now I was like, when I didn't have to eat, it was like, oh, it's going to be worth it when I get to where I'm supposed to be. You know, I didn't know what that was for me until I was like, out of high school, you know what I'm saying, and, like, 20 years old.
0: I'm going to ask you a philosophical question that kind of, like, um, you know, recaps all of that, like, and there's probably somebody watching right now who's probably that age, who probably, yeah. you know, they've dibbled and dabbled in a lot of things, but how do you know when you found your purpose? Um,
1: I think it's, the crazy thing is, with that, is you, you never really feel like you find it, you know, I think it changes. I think it, the thing is to, acknowledge the signs when you get them, you know? Cause sometimes like, there's some people who felt like just a, as a, as an analogy, say uh, you wanna grow up and be an NBA player, right? You're like, man, that's all I wanted to do. But then you spend most of your life training to be good at basketball. It don't happen, but now you're coaching basketball. That was really your purpose, you know? Ooh. So you really didn't know. Like sometimes our purpose isn't so clear for us to see, uh, but as long as you actively searching, like actively trying to figure out what that is, then I feel like you stumble upon it. Like you, you get aligned with it. Um, you, you do reach certain points in a row where you don't know which way to turn, but as far as your, as long as your intention is right. So if your intention is, I wanna be that, don't matter which way you go, you are gonna end up where you're supposed to be, you know? And I think it's hard because I, I always have to remember what life was like before this. Cause I had a, I spent most of my life not being in this position, you know? And I had to remember what it felt like not to dream a lot of people don't dream like majority of society in rural areas don't have dreams I mean maybe their dreams and goals are like short-term ones like I want to just pay my rent like these things we've been conditioned to really accept right we've not been conditioned to dream I mean, They don't teach you to dream at school they don't teach you to lean into that they teach you how to be structured and uh, uh to be robots you know what I'm saying and to we need these certain people to do these jobs, right? But we do need people to lean into their creativity to help the world be a better place. You know, motherfucker's like Einstein, you know, like people like him who devoted their lives to like trying to create a better life for other people. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's what I think is that's interesting about it is that most people their dreams are like dormant in them. They don't even know what they want anymore.
0: Mm. Hey, I'm I'm wondering also I, I remember again I'm trying to parallel to even when I, you know, again, you're completely right. What I thought my purpose was going to be w- wasn't. I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to be like a motherfucking um, Metro booming. I started out. <laughs> like, yeah, what, yeah, 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 I know. You know, you, you do you find your purpose along the way. And, and I, I know for me, you know, at moments of self-doubt and moments when I'm like, man, maybe this shit. Maybe I'm a little bit delusional. Maybe it's not going to happen. I remember, like, kind of leaning into, you know, um, like th- th- there were a few people, like, shit. I remember even like listening to a lot of like a lot of Will Smith speeches, where like he he would just be, you know, it, 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 he had some great speeches about just um determination and just like never giving up a persistence, and shit. Just yeah. you know, um like getting into like even books, like you know, what I mean, not a big reader, but um books like The Secret. I I remember just I had to kind of. Help myself mentally stay focused on it, um, mm-hmm. on the goal because I felt throughout that journey that I, I it could have failed or I could have been like, you know what, fuck this, man. Let me just go mm-hmm. do. This. You know what I mean? And I'm wondering mm-hmm. what was that for you, or was it just you? You you're saying like, yo, from where I came from, like fuck it, like shit, I gotta go all the way. You know what I mean? Because there's really no other option. Um, yeah, I think.
1: Like I said, I think to me, I, I operated, a, I, I didn't even know I was doing this when I, when I was first moving up here, but um, deciding to pursue acting or like doing it in any kind of art form always felt like a luxury. You know, it always felt like, man, I just know a lot of my homies, a lot of guys that I know, they, they don't even know what outside of Chicago look like or outside of Illinois look like, you feel me? So to be where I'm at, it's always a blessing. I woke up every day being like, damn. I'm really here. That means I did some way. So I always just look at the silver lining of things. Um, obviously, there was moments. There's always moments uh, in my line of business, even in someone in my position, where you uh, you 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 feel doubt. You feel um, I'm in a business of rejection. You know that's literally what it is until you reach a certain point where you don't have to. Um, but constantly, there's things that I want always, uh, whether it's different roles, whether whether it's different opportunities you know, I'm in a position where we, uh, it's very competitive, you know, we're always competing against each other, comparing each other, you know, uh, as far as my fellow actors, like, as far as my my fellow, like, Black actors, we really don't do that, you know what I'm saying, because it's it's strange, like, being here long enough, anytime something goes down to Hollywood, if it's in my demographic or age, like, I always know who gets it, if it's not me, I know who, who got it, and it's always love when that happens, you know, because it's such scarce opportunity, you know. Um, it's it's almost like one finish line and it's like 10 niggas trying to get there, you know. We all trying to get there, but once one person get there, we like, hey, good shit, you know, we rooted for them.
0: Is, is it genuine camaraderie though, or is it like, man, fuck that nigga, man? I, wish I like, like, I mean, not in not in a way of like, no way is that though? but it's like yo, like fuck, like like or disappears so. and be like, yo, well, they've gotten the last couple of roles that you know a lot of us were trying to get. What are they mm-hmm. doing that maybe I'm not doing? You know what I mean? And and and, and are there like these intangible yeah. skills that you probably just end up like trying to work on or whatever? Um, I
1: think, yeah. I mean, it's
0: <laughs> it is a little bit of like, damn, this
1: nigga, man. Every time, you know, some it's certain guys. I'm I'm sure I'm that guy for certain guys too, you yeah. know. Um, but there's certain guys that are always they in the mix for shit I'm doing. You know, or uh, maybe I'm up for something. It's like between me and another guy. And if I know the other guy, I'm like this nigga, man. You know what I'm saying? It's always that because you want it. You know, it's real competitive. You want to be great. You want the opportunity to be great. But I also understand it's just not a lot of opportunity. So that's really where the competitiveness and crab in a barrel um, mentality comes from because we know there's only one opportunity. Generally out of every project, maybe one or two, you know, you'll have opportunity. Um, and if it's a lead, it's like very scarce, you know, normally there's a trickle down effect. I have to, I had to wait my turn. That was a thing. You know, it was a lot of guys who, who started in this business earlier than I did. You know, I started acting when I was already an adult, you know what I'm saying? And trying to figure it out without training and coaching and all of these things. So I got passed up a lot just because I wasn't a name, you know, and I literally had to wait for niggas to get busy, for niggas to be too busy. You know what I'm saying? That's That's what I mean. Had to wait my turn. I was it just being like patient, like certain things I really thought was for me, I didn't get. And then, you know, the other thing of it is not that you just only get rejected, but you get reminded of it. Mm. Because we we're in a world where, shit, I'm in Hollywood. I probably see five billboards for this shit. Probably see this nigga on every one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you constantly reminded of your shortcomings and then your wins, you don't really get reminded of as much. You know, so I had to wait my turn for guys to be too busy. When guys got too busy, I found my way in, you know, and and I found a niche. And I do think that's important, especially for uh, if you are an actor, actress who uh, of any kind of color, you know, brown, black, whatever, you got to find a niche. You got to figure out what that is, because the reality is there won't be a lot of opportunities for people of color to play characters that are uh, out of the norm of your imagination, right? So. I can't be I can't be the Joker, right? Yeah, because yeah. they they just don't have those. They don't have these kind of roles for us, right? So, if you figure out what your niche is and become really good at that, you could be known as that guy who does that really well, you know. And now, mine. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was just gonna say, what do you think of your niche? Yeah.
1: Um, I I think I portray love really well on screen. Um, aside from, I think I I spent a lot of time being opposite of. Of women all the time like a boyfriend or you know a husband that kind of thing I figured out how to portray love on screen because love's universal you ain't even got to know what language it's in to know what's going on um and I just leaned into that as an actor again being on the soap for two and a half years definitely helped me with that um because the workload and then also everything I did after that you know I will say the only thing I didn't do that on was how to get away it wasn't I didn't really have that component to my character but everything else I've had to.
0: No, you did. You did have that. in How to get? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you. see smashed yeah, the Black Girl.
1: Okay.
0: I was thinking. I am <laughs> like, It was her and also Michaela. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey, 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 I'm wondering about a different type of acting. Um. Yeah. Being on a soap opera versus like being. Uh, I don't know what. For example, they would consider. Um. Um. Like how to get away with murder, right? Yeah. Uh, right drama like i don't know what it's called thriller like i don't know like i don't know it's the drama okay mm-hmm. is it a different style of acting because you know when i watch soap opera it's like it's 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 it's, it's kind of there. it's 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 to kind of like exude emotion and you know yeah a different feel than like some of the dramatic shit that you know when you're watching something and like you know of course the soundtrack and of course the act like it's a little bit different yeah. when you walk into either role Right? Or yeah. say, say you're going from you were just on Bold and Beautiful, right? And, and, and you're going to another role where you might have to do some dramatic um, stuff. How different is that? Um, I think that, so I'm going to let y'all, people
1: who listen and who are int- interested in how this works, um, it's less about the acting. Don't get me wrong, the style of acting is a bit different, but it has more to do with everything else, right? So when I'm working on a set, uh, on a soap set, there's no fourth wall. Meaning that we got multi-cam, there's three cameras on me at once. The lighting is much different. You know, uh, the sound is much different. There is not even a back background sound typically during a scene on a soap. Um, the context of the scenes are much different. A lot of times way out of there, you know. Um, but again, the stigma with being a soap actor and like a mainstream actor, th- there is validity to that. There's truth to that because not a lot of these guys can transition into doing both, you know, but what I had to do is I spent a year and a half of doing just the soap. I didn't do anything else for a year and a half. And then, um, I, I I studied a technique, um, an acting technique. It's the only acting, uh, classes I ever took, which was for the Stanislavski method, Stanislavski method. Right. So uh, I did that for like six weeks. That's the only training I've ever done in acting. So, what that did was kind of help, and, and his system is just like uh, being present, right? Like how we having a conversation here, if I can be present in the conversation, even though the words are fabricated and there are lines that I've learned, if I can be present, then I can be in that moment and it can be good, it
0: can be good acting. And everything else you build around that, you know? So I did how that and then to... I started like, to like, do what? Obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're seasoned at this point, but like I can imagine you have a bunch of lines, you're on set, bunch of cameras, mm-hmm. bunch of people behind the set, and you want to make sure your lines are right, but you also want to do that as as well, right? You want to be present. You also gotta act. Yeah. yeah,
1: you also gotta be good. That's the right? thing. So, so, so
0: now, like, do you ever like like either just kind of fuck up or whatever? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I
1: used to just be obsessed with being perfect. I thought I had to be perfect when I was doing the soap, um, which again it really trained me to to pick up things well, like instinctually, like within a script, if I'm doing a soap script and they have a bunch of shit in it that don't make sense to me, like I had to do a lot of reworking the scenes um, and trying to make it make sense to me. Because for me as an actor, if it don't make sense, then I can't do it. And as a director, it's their job to help me get there, you know, um, if I can't understand it. Because I don't, I see me, I don't just show up and say words. There are some actors that do do that. You know, they look at it like a job for me, I feel like I get to live in a different reality when I do this shit. Because cause the reality is my body don't know that I'm acting. You know, my emotions are real, even though they're under superficial circumstances. So whenever I get an opportunity to be a different character, like I lean into that and just appreciate that. I get to do that shit because it's crazy. You know what I mean? Nobody gets to do that kind of thing. Um, But it's, it's not hard because you fuck up. That's just the reality. Like sometimes camera fucks up. I have a scene where I'm doing it and I'm like, damn, that was a great scene. And they'll say, you know, go back to one, reset. It was a camera thing. We'll be like, fuck, we'll do it again. And so everybody fucks up at some point. And another thing that that really helped me settle into understanding that to not be perfect was when I was doing How to Get Away, um, I spent so long trying to be perfect and know my lines so well. I was working with Viola a lot in that season, and that couple of seasons that I did. You know, huh? Is that intimidating? Um... It was it was intimidating not on screen though, it was just intimidating in conversation with her <laughs> because I just didn't know what to say,
0: you know. I feel like I was, she's so fucking good, like you know. I I, I looked yeah. at no, you know, you know I, I looked into and by the way, that's that's when that's really why your name jumped off the page when Spotify brought brought, brought it to me. I looked out, I looked at all the actors because it looked like it was pretty much all young actors um, mm-hmm. auditioned with her and what they were doing outside of it and like you know their careers. And I was just like, imagine working with this woman who's just like fucking like, yeah, grow the best. best, Right. And that got to be intimidating. You know what I mean? A lot of pressure. Um,
1: It was it was a lot of pressure. I didn't feel it, though. Now that I think about it, I look back on it. It was like, damn, that was crazy because I had went from doing the soap, which is, you know, daytime television is a huge platform, you know, but it's not prime time. And so working opposite of Viola was like, damn. You know, I was always like, I still, I always appreciated it every time I did, but you always feel like you appreciated it. You wish you could have appreciated it more. You know, I'm still, and we became super close and I, you know, I love her to death. I always hear her up, talk to her all the time and shit. But the first couple of months I was doing How to Get Away, like, I didn't know what to say to her. I just had so much, she was in my top five best actors ever, like mine, before I started working on that show. So when I got there, like you in the makeup room and you don't know how to, hey, you know, you want to be, uh approachable and shit and but she well, was she filming intense her right yeah you don't want to be like too much going on you know but but I'm eager to learn I'm eager to I want to be great you know and I'm se- I'm witnessing greatness being in the moment with her um and being able to have one on one scenes with her cuz not a lot of, of actors on that show had that opportunity as much as I did and so with ABC and uh Pete Nowak they they I mean they took a chance on me really you know cuz the amount of responsibility, I think, that my character played within those couple seasons, especially the first season I went, was huge. You know, it was like the storyline was about figuring out whose
0: son this is, you know what I mean? And and by the way, I was also just gonna um, uh, add into it, when your character comes into there, that show is already, the ship is sailed, like people love it, right? Like, I remember, you know, there's another character, um, that died, and and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who collectively love the show, they were like, "Damn!" Because you kind of grow, you, you fall in love with the people that are on it. Yeah. So you're now yeah. the new guy who enters this enters the show. The show is already doing good. Like I, I got it, man. I, I know you say you're not feeling much pressure, especially when you're you're on like you but know- the acting shit. I didn't feel pressure about, but I I felt pressure outside of that. Mm. You know, I felt pressure with Viola
1: because I wanted her to like me. You know, I wanted my cast to like me. You know what I mean? And um, like I said, working with her her acting process um, taught me a lot, you know, because she wasn't perfect. And like the times that I felt like I needed to be perfect was like, that shit didn't even matter. Like I'll, I'll go do scenes with her and we'll we'll spend so much time on it and I go watch it and be like, damn, it looks like she was perfect, but she wasn't, you know? And so if she can fuck up, I know I can fuck up. You know what I mean? It's about not necessarily fucking up because you can't really fuck up, right? It's It's just about, trying to, what we're doing, is we're trying to navigate uh, this this storyline and make it feel like something to people. And so, the way, it, it feels like a real responsibility to be in that position with her, to make sure I'm like, because she she's so great in a scene, bro, like, she'll completely wash you in a scene. You know what I'm saying? You know how, like, you... Imagine you being able to, like, yeah, I hoop, and then you hoop with Braun. You're like, that nigga can hoop, though. You know what I'm saying? That That's, like, the comparison of, like, the League. <laughs> exactly. Jabron and Drew League. Dropping 40 on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you ain't paying attention, you'll end
0: up in a situation where people don't even remember you were there. You know what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> you had any scenes that you kind of look back and be like, yo. And maybe it didn't have to be uh, um like you juxtaposed with someone who's that great, but like you, you say, the director decided to go with it, and you, you just hate it because you, you just feel you could do better, and, and like all the time, really all the time, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think once you do something and then you
1: go look back on it, you always feel like you could have did some shit different, better. But but I try not to analyze it that way. Um, I just try to. Because to me, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I'm looking at it from how many times I did it. I remember what that day was like. You know, I remember fucking up on this word. Uh, interesting enough, though, like I did. Uh, I was on Grey's Anatomy for a couple of episodes. And um, that show is heavily uh, about medical jargon. Right. And so my character wasn't a doctor, but he was kind of like a scam artist. So he shows up and he's selling these fake heart patches. And so... I had to know this lingo that was medical terms and it was hard for me to say because I spent a lot of time trying to lose my accent. Like right now, the way I'm talking to you is like, you can't tell where the hell I'm from. You yeah. know what I mean? But when in the beginning, it wasn't like that. You know, it was hard for me to say certain I like
0: words. You Chicago accent?
1: Yeah, for sure. All my family, all my brothers do. You know, I had to literally work at it to be able to say certain words. Like for so long, I couldn't say ask. I always say ax. Like and I would do the scenes and it would be like they would come and tell me, like, you have to say I'm like, oh fuck. You know what I'm saying? So really I had yeah, I had to work on that, you know. Yeah, you when said, I get around it's
0: a very ambiguous accent. It doesn't sound LA ish. It, it it sounds it sounds like everybody else that's in the fucking movies. It's never, <laughs> unless it's a region, is that you never notice an accent unless it's a regional show.
1: Exactly. So I, I needed to do that in order to become a chameleon. I mean, in order to be able to sound like, look like anything. And that's that, what I was trying is, to
0: do. Is that speech class nah. working with yourself and just kind of like re- maybe recording yourself and catching yourself saying certain shit, same certain well, way? Well,
1: I mean, shit. Honestly, though, growing up, um, you've been taught to code switch. I Me, mean, you know what that is, right? Yeah, 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 no, of course. So, so like, I worked a lot of jobs before I started acting. I used to, I used to sell insurance door to door. Really, I used to, yeah, I used to do carpentry work. I used to work at, you know, McDonald's, grocery stores. I I worked everywhere. Uh, So I had to figure out how to cold switch. Back when you needed jobs, you had to come across as very approachable. You know, I had to always smile, always seem like, you know, I could trust this guy. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to get, I needed a job and I always got fired from all of my jobs. So I always had to, you know, (laughs) I got fired from every job I've ever had besides acting. What? (laughs) <laughs> uh god man universe <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you said no you can't do this you you ain't you in the wrong place i got fired for multiple different reasons always i think because working in customer service is not for everybody working in customer care or whatever is not for everybody and that definitely, hard is, definitely it's, hard. it's hard i mean i mean they deal with people on a daily basis different personalities um and I just got fired for, for a little shit, you know, getting to it with customers, uh in the right though. But when you were, when you were in a situation where you're at work, you always in the wrong. The customer's always right. That's literally some shit they say everywhere. So yeah, um
0: only people who get it right all the time, at least because, because you, you gotta be even, even if you're having a bad day, you always gotta present like a really good image. Only only people at Chick fil A, man, they're always good. I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know, they vet them, man. They go to university or something. Like they, they go to Chick fil A college. Yeah, yeah, they almost could probably be actors the way they be going. Because they, they're either really happy or they could really do the part of being happy. Right, right. Now, so co-switching has always been a part of, like, adapting.
1: And uh, especially dealing with um growing up and dealing with police and dealing with different establishments and needing to make sure that my personality or, like, the way that I look don't come off wrong to people so that I can have a job or I don't get locked up, you know, that kind of shit. Um. So when I got to when it came to acting, I just had to you know tweak certain words. Hey, are, are you mixed? I feel like you're mixed? Yeah, I'm Cuban. Yeah, I'm Cuban, Irish, and Black. So my mom is Black.
0: Oh. Uh, my dad
1: is Cuban, Irish.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like I, I always felt like um you were a good person also to to kind of fit the hood enough role, but also clean enough for like the 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 the, the white white people role, which exactly. is like really Nice little niche to fit in because sure. I think you could lean either way, depending on how you want to take it. You know what I mean? Like if, if it's if it's a if it's a if it's a role, like I don't know, like if it's some shit that's like yo, okay, some shit about the streets. I think I think mm-hmm. you, can do it, you know what I mean. And if I mm-hmm. think shit that like yo, well, just like how we saw, what well, I mean, it was revolved around like a college. I guess um um how to get away with murder. Like um you can do that as well. You know what I mean? You could you could be mm-hmm. a student, right? so yeah that's dope sure. no i mean yeah i've had opportunities to to be
1: on both sides of that you know like going in for instance was going in for power at some, at one point early in the early stages for power you know what i'm saying and be, Wait, what character um i think it may have been Rotimi's character oh shit early on yeah super I early on.
0: on here yeah by the way you know so, yeah
1: that's my home yo he He's told
0: he, he told some of the same stories kind of like he was got he was getting beat out by certain people so i guess that's just an actor thing right whereas like it is well, you know, yeah. like there's always what? probably like one guy who gets most of the roles you want to get and there's probably somebody behind you that's probably like yeah, this shape. motherfucker yeah. keep getting every, every role i need to get you know what i mean
1: exactly but i think it's mainly an issue with with black actors though mm. um because like i said there's limited opportunities you feel it even more so uh if i'm going up for some I'm like, damn, I already know who they're going to see for this. As opposed to my white counterpart actors who I know, they get so many opportunities to be, say if it's a movie being made, right, and it's an ensemble cast, say it's Lionsgate doing some huge film, right? Most of the mains are going to be white or a different ethnicity is going to be white for the most part. So you not only have opportunity to be one, two, or three of the characters, you know, there's other opportunities outside of that. So as a Black actor or actor of color, normally there's only one you know role being fitted for someone like like me you know what i mean so i'm like it's only one of us gonna get this shit (laughs) a lot of times my white actors tell me all the time they go in for something like yeah man they uh gave me a script for something else while i was there in the reading for a different like role that rarely happens you know for me
0: hey you also you were in um um which i guess was a Lionsgate gate film uh the the medea family funeral yeah working with tyler Perry. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I, I number one I want to know how that experience was, but also I do, um I'm interested to know the difference. And again, I'm trying to like just obviously I'm not an actor. But I'm just trying to think about it like what that experience could be between a mm-hmm. so uh, a dramatic um type of, you know, uh, um series and then now this is big screen shit, right? Like I'm, I'm wondering yeah. is there a, that much of a difference because a lot of times when when we see people that we even like on recurring series, we never see those guys, you know what I mean? Like sometimes they just typecast them to that. Like, oh no, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: on TV, but they don't throw them in films. Like, right. What's
1: the difference? Well, there's definitely a difference. I mean, I've spent my career navigating that exact thing. You know, I once I started doing soaps and I started doing drama. I got a lot of offers that were similar to what I was doing. You know, once I did Tyler Perry, I got a lot of stuff that was similar to that. Uh, that was offered. I turned down. I turned down shit all the time. Like. I'll be saying no to everything. You know what I'm saying? Just because I know, it's always something better. Um, and so doing the soap, you have to prepare differently for that. So doing a soap, just a quick rundown. Like I'll go to, it's a nine to five job for an actor
0: really? as being on a
1: soap. It's basically a nine to five job that you don't really work hella long hours. You do film 40 pages. That is the difference, though. So your brain, you need to be able to train it to take in information, um, to know your lines.
0: The time you have to memorize?
1: Um, doing a soap I mean shit we maybe do 40 pages a day I maybe do half of that maybe you know what I mean on a day so we we film multiple I mean it's it's a show that's on every day so they air every single day
0: yeah but but with acting I think a lot of people the first thing we think about is memorization right and how good Mm -hmm. your memory is right you know I drink a lot of Hennessy you know I mean so my so I'm thinking if I get a script 40 pages Am am I just like, when I leave my trailer, am I just like, yo, I I memorized one page or maybe like two, three pages of like what I got to say, or I got to walk into every scene, like knowing like the whole shebang.
1: Nah, uh uh-uh. No, I think it's just, it goes by scenes. So say for instance, we may be multiple pages, but we're gonna shoot each scene. Now, uh, each scene gives you opportunity to compartmentalize. So I can only, I only know I can focus on this particular scene right? And every time I'm working my lines or I'm learning them, it's always about listening. It ain't even about what I'm reading. It's about what did that person just say? That lets me know what I need to say next. You know what I mean? And so if I knew about that, I can focus on that part of the scene. When I'm done with that scene, move on to the next scene. Next scene is a lot of times a totally different room, different setup, different, you know, it gets to your mind to refresh itself and approach it again so that you don't feel like, so like, again, you probably think, damn, you probably mix your words up from the last scene. Like, but you don't do that because the context is different. The scene is about something else, you know? And so that's that's kind of like the soap thing is broken down in a way where we know if we go to work, we're going to get off in a decent amount of time for the most part. But, you know, we're going to film a lot. We're going we gonna, to, I'm going to have to say a lot. Um, I'm going to have to memorize a lot and also be good. <laughs> that's also the thing. So it took me about like a year and a half to, Really be good at being on a soap, you know, and subsequently end up winning the, the 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 Emmy that I won for best younger actor was on that for that show.
0: Congrats, brother! Congrats.
1: Yeah, man, for, first Latino to win one actually in a major category. Really? Um, yeah, that should win that long ago, <laughs> this was 2018. Um, but I was gonna say to, in comparison to doing the ABC is a bit different because the filming process is different. When we film, uh, like when I was doing stuff with Viola, uh, we wouldn't have forty pages. We'd have. Um, maybe six to seven pages, but it would take longer. I mean, we'd be shooting for 10 to 12 hours because each scene is shot differently. We have to, um, just for people that don't know, like when you're watching a scene, now when you go watch a movie or something, you'll probably notice these things. When we shoot in a scene, normally the director likes to start with a, an establishing establishing shot. So that's a wide shot. you know. So that's with everything, you can see the whole room, right? We shoot the whole scene like that. Then, boom, we get that a couple times, then we get into coverage, right? So we get over, over my shoulder, onto her, over her shoulder, onto me. You know, but it's not tight yet, but it's just coverage for us to get.
0: You're doing the whole scene, you're doing this multiple times then? Multiple
1: times, like a lot of times. And then from there we get into coverage. So then as an actor, you say, for instance, I need to prepare for an emotional scene. It's like, I need to be able to pace myself. I need to know, I need to ask my camera operators, like, What do you see? Like, how far are we going to be into the scene, right? Because if I need to be able to have a certain emotion on my close-up, I have to prepare for that. Like, after you do something enough times, like, you lose whatever that is that's there, right? So then we get into our close-ups, right? So which means it's typically over my shoulder onto that person, not even on me. So I still got to act even though I'm not on screen, just so they can do their part. And the thing about Viola, she always acted even if she wasn't on screen. She always brought that shit, even if nobody watched.
0: Yo, how, listen, w- w- there was some scenes where she was crying and, like, super emotional. Yeah. I'm wondering how—so you're telling me she had to do that multiple times. I'm thinking so, she probably did multiple times, but they probably got one good take and it'd be like, yo, let's yeah. that rap. For sure.
1: I mean, w- once they get into the—so, like I said, you pace yourself. So when we in a wide shot, ain't no need to be super emotional or crying. You know? We ain't going to use that. We're gonna use this real close. We're gonna get up tight on you for that. So mainly you just pacing through the scenes, you're doing the blocking, meaning that you're gonna walk where you need to walk in the scene. We're gonna catch all of those certain things. And then for her though, is like I said, she's one of the greatest actresses ever, not just because of when you watch her movie, she's great, but her ability to pick up shit and put it down. Meaning, like I'd be talking to her in between scenes, we'd be laughing and shit. And they'd be like, okay, y'all ready? Okay. And she would just like hey, she'd be right in it. Right away, it would be like, where did the hell those tears come from? Like, who was just talking about something else? But she had the ability to really just turn it on and off. Um, Because she's a pro. She'd been doing it for longer than I've been alive, you know? So, uh, but again, like, that process takes so long to film. And when you get done with one scene, you're like, damn, that took, like, three hours. Mm. Sometimes two and a half, three hours for one scene. And then you got to focus on the rest of the stuff that comes up the rest of the day. And then with Tyler Perry, it's a totally
0: different thing. Because Tyler... As great as he is, he that works a, very that wasn't a comedy, was it? Which one? The, the Tyler Perry one. Yeah, yeah. It was a comedy. Okay, okay. So, so um in addition, I guess I want to know what's it like filming a comedy as opposed mm-hmm. to opening in like a drama. Yeah. So in this particular comedy that I did
1: with with Tyler, um, he works like he's very great at what he does, but he works very efficiently. So for him, he always on set, he's always like, you know, time is money. Why are we not shooting? as opposed to when I'm doing ABC, we rehearse a lot. With Tyler Perry, we don't rehearse. You come, you gotta come prepared, you gotta become ready. You know, I remember the first time I worked with him, um, we had a scene and it was a group scene with me and uh, Tika Sumter, uh, cause I ended up doing um, his other show on OWN Network, uh, The Have and Have Nots. So I did that for a couple seasons too. And the first day on work, I went, I'm like, all right, let's rehearse. And Tyler looked at me and he was like, okay, cool, yeah. So I'm like, we're going over the scene a little bit. And then when I get done, he looks at me, he's like, you done? I'm like, yeah. Everybody quiet as fuck. Look at me He said, we don't rehearse here. We shoot. All right, so you come, you come prepared. We're going to shoot this shit. We're going to get it done. Because he's shooting like three shows at once, you know? So again, I learned how to adapt to that because that's similar to what I did on the soap. Um, And so working with Tyler Perry was an amazing experience. I mean, that's that's my guy. He probably like, He's the celebrity celebrity. Like all of the celebrities, call him for everything. Like when they go through personal shit in their life, they call Tyler. And the crazy thing is, he pick up every time. Like, I call his ass, and he'll pick up, even though if I ain't talked to him in a month. What's the biggest thing you probably learned from him? His business mind. Like he taught me that because when he would, after I did uh, the have and have nots with him. Um. Well, backtrack. I when I did the movie with him, he pulled me aside. I had never met him before. He said damn, where, where I've never seen you before. I said, um, my first time, you know, meeting you. He's like, yeah, he said, like, something special about you. He said, I got another show I feel like you'd be great for. I'm like, hell yeah, you gonna put me on. And so he ended up calling me after we were done filming. I was getting my hair cut in a barber chair and uh, he was like, yo, Rome, it's Tyler. I'm like, Tyler's from a number I didn't recognize. I'm like, Tyler who? You like, Tyler Perry. I'm like, <laughs> I hung up. Cause I was like, the fuck Tyler, I'm getting my hair cut. I'm like, why the fuck would Tyler be calling me and shit, right? <laughs> Call me back, like, don't hang up. It's really, it's me. Like, I want to talk to you about this character I'm writing for you. I'm going to put you in my show. I'm like, oh shit. I told a barber, like, give me like 15 minutes. And I was pacing the street on the phone with Tyler with my hair half cape cut, on.
0: like everything <laughs> fucked up. Hair half <laughs> cut. I'm oh. on the phone with the K. I got the
1: cape on. The, the barber in there, like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? But um, again, he wrote me into the show, ended up writing me in a lot more, and we became cool. And the thing is with Tyler that he would do is like he he would hit me up randomly and be like, um, "What are you doing today?" I'd be like, uh, "Filming. I'm doing this." He'd be like, "Are you free around 7:30?" I'm like, "Yeah, cool." So I went to his house um, in LA. I pull up to his crib and it's, it's me and a couple other people there, like four people total. And he's like, "All right, come on. We hop in this little jeep, like little uh, cart you get around in." We get into another car and I I still don't know where the hell we going. I'm like, what the hell is going on, you know? And so everyone's just real chill. We're talking and shit. And we pull up to this mansion in LA. I'm like, damn, this place looking... I ain't never seen no shit like this. And he said, look, I wanted to bring you here because I wanted to show you this. He said, I ain't gonna buy this shit. But I know that they wouldn't show this. They ain't gonna show this place to many people. And I wanted y'all to see this. Because if you can see it, then you can have it. You can, you know, you can give it something that actually in your mind, tangibility, so you actually go get it. So we walked through this whole mansion, right? The mansion had like 30 cars, had a fucking helicopter pad on top. Um, And it was in LA, it was like a $500 million crib. And he basically just, he would do shit like that to try to spark things in you to think more and bigger. You know, That's why I respect him a lot because he always be putting motherfuckers on. Like he'll put actors on that don't got no resume. You know wow. what I'm saying? He put, and he, he employs them, man. He, he employs the whole city of Atlanta. First time I worked on a show where the DP, director of photography, cameraman, everybody was black. I was like, yo, this is crazy. I ain't never seen a black camera operator. You know, I was working in LA, never seen one, you know? So and we would always pray before we started filming, you know, like he, he just, he moves at, at his own pace, you know, and um, the industry never really gives him his flowers. But the crazy thing is, he always on top. He always on top of the box office. We our movie came out. It was number one. I think uh, another film was out that year too. It was a big film. I think it was with Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or one of those. And we was number one. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was obvious that he knew what he was doing. You know, so he taught me a lot, man. He taught me a lot about the business out of it too. Because even now, he owns those sound stages in um, in Atlanta. So. <laughs> Another quick story. I don't want to keep going on about Tyler, but like nah, nah, so, I'll look at these stories. Go ahead. So I just think it's good for people to know these things about him. So where we filmed that was on his compound. It used to be um an army base. Yo, so I see the video that he was driving. Like yeah.
0: he it's like it's all sets. All sets. It's it every like set city. of all
1: his shows. It looked like he got it got grocery stores in there, got fucking hospital area and shit. Like During um, the pandemic, I didn't film with him, but I knew people who did, they actually lived there. Like, you can actually live in in those homes there. Crazy thing is, right, we filmed all our stuff there. Now, as a person that is in charge of production, very hard to do, because when you're gonna film some shit, you gotta, when you go film some shit in LA or even in Atlanta, outside on the streets, costs a lot of money. This man bought a whole, I don't know how many acres and created little towns of all his shows, right? And we would go into one part of the house. It would be one house. And when you walk out the back, it'd be a completely different set from a different show. So he built houses that have multiple front yards. So it'd be a front yard in the front, front yard in the back, and on the side be two front yards that'd be from different shows that we, he would use for front porches for different shit of his shows. Um, he built the sound stages there, right? And he had a huge celebration. This is where I got to meet all of my favorite actors. You know, uh, Will Smith, Denzel Washington, uh, Citi Poitier. Um, just so many, man, it, w- it was like the best of the best Black actors were all there, you know? Um, and at these sound stages, they film everything there. Now Marvel uses those sound stages from him. Um, they, they shot uh, Black Panther there. Uh, they, they, they shoot so much shit there and he just collect their money off that. Like that's how he became a billionaire. When I met him, he was worth like 500 million. And now he's worth like over a billion just from that.
0: What do you think it is it about his like, you know, ingenuity or and do you think there could be another, you know, um black or brown um, you know, creator like him that kind of just because you know, I, I think before him, people just thought you'd have to go to LA, you gotta go through Hollywood, you gotta go through these big movie studios. And um it's, you know, obviously, it's his drive to persistent, but also his work ethic and and what he was able to do with even the Medea character to gain enough capital to to be able to do this. Do you think that could happen again? And um, I don't know. I mean,
1: I think the thing with Tyler, he's such an anomaly because he was such a trailblazer. He really found this character and it became like the root of people's lives and families as as black people, we all knew who Medea was. Yeah, yeah, it almost felt like we know somebody in our family like her, you know, and so he's he's speaking to a very marginalized group of people that don't really have the opportunity to see themselves or see people that they kind of know like that. Um, and he did it in such a way it was so crazy, you know, him dressing up in a Medea costume and all of that shit would be really hard. I feel like for anybody to do, especially in this in day and age. Uh, so I don't know. I do think there's a lot of trailblazers now, though, like in a way. Um, you know, we we got Issa Rae, um, we we got we got on the main, Like, I feel like we we are on the way up as far as creators that are creating stories for like black people, people of color. Like, we own our way in a, into a good place with that. But until we start owning these studios and shit and making our own, it's gonna be pretty hard, you know, to be able to do something like what Tyler did.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's definitely he's like he, he he's super phenomenal in that way, and and it's i don't know if you believe the same i remember even before they made black panther and there was even talk about a black superhero movie i know they did hancock back in the day with like you know um yeah but he like, was he was drunk idiot. you know he was yeah he had a lot of shit going on right. and i remember like i give him credit for a lot of these you know uh even even some of the stuff that Well, you could kind of say Kim Peele, like they were able to do on the big screen. I think he set it off to be like, "Yo, if we make movies for Black people, they will sell." And I think they're gonna go. It it felt like the industry used to say, "Hey, listen, we have a few Black roles. Maybe we focus on a historical Black plight, but Mm. not gonna make movies that maybe that community could fuck with because it's probably just not gonna do the numbers." And I think he changed that with the Medea character. He
1: did. I mean, he he was. I mean, I don't know anybody else who has a, who's had a deal like he did with Lionsgate. It was a 10-year deal, 10 pictures, I think. I mean, I don't even know what that shit was worth to be able to get that kind of leeway from a production company to go, yeah, you got it, make whatever you want to make. And from there, he moved into having a bigger deal with BET, with Viacom, right? Um, and now he even has showed on Nickelodeon. Like I think he was the one that put that little girl, Lele, on, onto that show on there. Yeah, you know, she was she was rapping in a car and she got her own show on Nickelodeon, you know, or is that Disney? Well, either one like she's now she's amazing shit. You know, she got her own show. So he's consistently doing that stuff. Um, I feel like it goes under the radar, you know, because of there's so much shit going on in the world. I feel like people don't really pay attention to it. But um, yeah, I mean, that, what he's doing is incredible. What he's done is incredible.
0: Hey, um, would you see yourself, um, in the future, like being in like a Black Panther type film? Um, of course, you know, I I would love to
1: work with Ryan Coogler, love to work with all of those phenomenal actors in that in those films. Um, it don't have to be Black Panther, but it has to be something of purpose. That's that's the only thing that I operate in now. Like I don't do jobs that don't have a purpose behind them or. Uh, a, a certain responsibility. Like if you look at my resume, everything that I've done is really aligned with that. You know, after I got done with the soap, you know, doing Dear White People, um, mm-hmm. doing raising raising Dion. Um, that all of you, you notice, like all of them carry a a, a sense of responsibility, not and just as an actor, but like rec- representation. You know.
0: And this is intentional, I'm guessing. Then
1: certainly, yeah, yeah definitely. So I turned down a bunch of shit. They'd be like, "Dang, you turn that down for that much?" It's like yeah but what I'm trying to build and create as an actor, like I want to be one of the greats
0: ever. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You, so what drew you to um the fantasy football film? Man, everything,
1: honestly, you know, working with marseille martin um who is a who's a young boss, like she even though she was acting in that film, she was also she's still doing the producing stuff, you know, she's looking at final edits uh, and just only being eighteen years old. It's crazy. You know, she was leading a film with her, Issa Rae, and Regina King. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that don't happen. You know what I'm saying? And so I wanted to definitely work with her. Another big reason that drew me to it was um, uh, Spring Hill, you know, LeBron's company. You know, I, 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 yeah, I wanted to align myself with LeBron. You know, i obviously a huge fan of LeBron as a player, but just business-wise, I just think he just, he don't make wrong business decisions. So anything he go he has his hand in is it, gonna do well, you know. From Lobos, from podcasts, from you know uh, the now now so, sports, it's
0: just he, like I, man, is is this is this um uh, is that is this the first like major picture major motion picture that they're putting out for that um I think he I think they may have produced um what's I'm that one did he
1: did yeah they did documentaries but I think if I'm not mistaken. Springhill Hill was also producing um, Space Jam, the one oh, he did. Okay. I think that they also produ- or had a, a hand in doing that, but I think this is definitely one of their bigger ones, you know, especially with um, Paramount too, being involved in that. So that, and also I didn't even know Amari uh, Harwick was gonna be in it. I didn't know who the other guy was until after I, you know, decided to do it. But I was like him, I'm like, hell yeah. I definitely wanted to work with him. That's like my big brother now.
0: Mm. Hey, so g- give us a little bit of, you know, like, obviously no spoils, and nothing like that, but, like, give us a little yeah. bit of a because when I hear fantasy football, I'm, I'm, I play fantasy football, you know?
1: That was, yeah, a lot of people think that.
0: Yo, I'm getting my ass whipped right now, yo. I'm one in three. <laughs> you know what I mean? My quarterback got <laughs> to th- th- throw in uh, uh, Jimmy Listen, it's, it's been, been, Jimmy
1: Garoppolo. Yeah, you down bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so,
1: yeah, so look, the, the name, <laughs> I just explained this to somebody else. He was like, how the fuck does cast know anything about fantasy football? I'm like, look, fantasy and football were already named terminologies before they combined them and made it into something revolving around uh, the league or NFL, you know? Like it's called fantasy football because it's a fantasy. That's that's the aspect of it, that's the only correlation. So essentially what, what the the plot is, you know, Mario Hardwick's character is kind of like a journeyman in the NFL. He's played for a bunch of teams. He lands on a team that I'm on. Um, I'm the young, you know, running back, you know, hot shot, like got the cars, the money, the girls, everything. Like he's the face of the team. And so Amari's character throughout this, throughout the film um, goes to a different, he goes through different kinds of, uh, a different kind of journey trying to figure out why he, he looks at my character as if I took something from him. He feels like I'm living the life he should be living, you Mm -hmm. know? He should be the star, uh, right? he's a kid. He should be the star, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? But we're both running backs, right? We, both, we play the same position.
0: Oh, he's a running back too? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. He does a journey. So, he's been everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just been everywhere. Yeah. So what happens is I invite them to my place um, for a preseason party. And he uh, he's huge. Huh? And he steals from you. <laughs> no, nah, we, we end up playing. So the cool thing about it is, like, Madden is a huge aspect of the film. Yeah. Um. So I before the, we started filming, I had to go into – uh, and get motion captured and all this stuff to put me into the game, which was fucking dope as hell. So they come to the career, we play Madden, and his daughter's really good at it. So I give her a signed copy because I'm on the cover. I give her a signed copy. They leave with it. Um, they argue about him, her doing that, and in turn, what happens is it's like this freaky Friday moment, like lightning strikes, and they don't really know what just happened, but they go back home, and you know he goes to practice the next day, and he has like this incredible day at practice does shit he had never done before um and we find out throughout the story that she was also playing as him on Madden, doing the same exact thing so whatever she plays with him on the game that's how she plays in real life that's how he plays in real life Mm. so that's kind of like where the the story is which is like how the hell this guy overnight become good enough to basically take my spot and i was the face of the league and everything face of the team um and a bunch of funny shit happens in the middle of all of that and uh you know at the end it's a it's a feel good movie man at the end we come together and we need to work together in order for for us to win you know uh, but the cool cool thing about this movie another thing that drew me to it was like I was like damn this is definitely somebody's dream you know playing in the NFL like I got to wear the official jerseys we we filmed at the Atlanta Stadium we did everything that the players did practice, you know, I was like, damn, this is crazy. I get to live this life. I mean, I wish it was NBA, but fuck it. You know, for now this will work. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, hey, you know, it's somebody's dream I'm living right now. Uh so that was dope. That was dope. So NFL is behind it. I think it's gonna be a I know it's gonna be fun. This is for me personally, um getting to play the comic relief, I've never done that before. You know, doing the Tyler Perry thing was different. He was funny in that. I really wasn't. Uh, but in this film, I actually bring some humor and some, some, uh, you know, some laughing and shit to the to the movie, which I haven't done in my past roles.
0: No, of course. Like, you know, um, we talked about, um, obviously basketball and you, 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 you had a scholarship. I'm wondering, doing a sports movie, um, or a movie that involves some sports, does it kind of feel like, you know, you remember we talked earlier about, like, you know, it's kind of, like you're you're in jail and you're watching Bowling the Beautiful and then you actually end up in it. Is it kind of yeah. like one of those where you're like, yo, listen, I always wanted to be pro. And granted, as we said, it's not basketball. <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, I'm I'm actually acting out a pro player's dream, right? Straight now. up, you know what right I mean? Right now, walking through the
1: tunnel, you know, running out there with the have fans out there. Yeah, I mean, I played football in high school, so I it was a dream of mine at one point. You know. So I played. It, I was
0: a running back in high school. How difficult is it, like shooting some shit like that? Because if there's fans and shit like that, like how do you, how do they be like, oh, don't stop, let's do it again, or how do you get lines yeah. while while you're like your hike? Like how do you get, how do you do? They, it,
1: they like, back, well, they, 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 they background.
0: background, so they fans with a background,
1: so they still being paid. They're actors too, you know. But oh. they just they don't have the <laughs> they don't have the workload that we have. But when we shoot a scene, they're supposed to be yelling and stuff. And they're they yell cut, they be quiet, you know. So it's not that's that's something totally different. But um. Yeah, doing this film was crazy, bro. Cause we had to do. I had to go through a whole transformation to do to prepare for this film. What you mean? Once I, so physically, you know, I had put on more weight to be a running back. They they asked me, you know, specifically what kind of player they wanted me to emulate. Like, uh, how do you do that? Body build. Get with my trainer. Um, I got they,
0: one of the they best. They like kind of help you along that process, or that's on you. Like your bro, like they told you what to do. Like, this is part of, like, the job. Just go get a trainer and you got to go make it happen.
1: Well, some, some productions do, you know, offer those services. But for me, the transformation of becoming this character had a lot to do with being physically stronger and faster than other niggas. So I had to go through that process of working hard like a, like an, like a running back would be doing in the offseason. So, you know, I got with my trainer. His name's uh, uh, Wallace Caesar. He trains a lot of guys in the NBA, though. But he's a strength coach. He does, you know, amazing things with, with me. Every time I have a role where I have to transform, like when I did Raising Dion, I had to get him into like action figure shape. And I worked with him, you know, before that too. So How I started much- doing a lot of drills and shit. Hmm? How much discipline does that take, I'm wondering? Uh, I mean, it takes
0: it takes everything. <laughs> it, it, it's like... That point the is a moment lifestyle at- choice, right? Like, it's, it's not just yeah. like... Oh, this is your craft, or whatever. Whatever. It's like you need to change your body, which is constantly revolving. And like, you probably can't eat certain shit, or 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 now mm-hmm. you gotta have this regimen. Now you gotta lift this and third. Like, yeah, that feels like almost like you've just committed your life to it.
1: Uh, it's always that. It's always when I'm doing a role, I'm committing everything to that. You know, so I'm getting up in the morning. I'm eating differently. I'm working out differently. I'm not doing shit I'd rather be doing, you know, um but the thing is with film is it's forever, you know, and so they can you can watch a movie from 1930s. this shit's still around, you know, and I think what I want to leave behind is just uh a recipe for for excellence, man, you know, for the roles that I'm stepping into and doing um and again, I, even though I've been in a, in this business for almost 10 years, I'm still early. That's the crazy thing. I'm still just now getting my foot in there like I really want to. Um compared to some other guys that I know. So yeah, I mean it's more of a, a mind thing. I know I have to become this character because he's so egocentric and like charismatic, and just he's he's like me in a lot of ways, but he's very different too. So I had to understand the, the mind of a football player. Like these kind of guys, they literally risk their lives to go out there and hit another motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy to decide to do that. So I'm like, I had to go through the process of becoming stronger, faster, understanding the game you know, I got with a a route coach. I learned how to do so many different things uh, to be able to prepare, you know, because I did, I did all my own stunts. I had a stunt double, but I did my own stunts for this film, this film. Oh, for real?
0: Shit. Yeah. I, I was going to say, man, all you got to do is just go on Instagram and if you're trying to get the attitude down pack, like the promise, <laughs> whatever attitude, just watch Antonio Brown for a good, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I did. Yeah. I studied certain, I, I studied a few, a few. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, you yeah. got to have that. Like there's certain players like, like, there's certain players like a, a, a Terrell Owens, like a, like a Randy Moss. I know I'm naming like um, wide receivers and shit like that, but like you, you know the guys with the big personality, and it's mostly all- they wide receivers. That's the thing. Most of the wide receivers act like that. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So damn. But this uh, guy,
1: this guy acts like that. So definitely, I, I did study, I did study AB for sure. Watch his interviews. There's some parts of that uh, that I feel like I took from him, and also Odell. You know, not that he's in the same sense, but like. His swag and shit, definitely what I brought to the character was something I got from him.
0: stands out a little bit, a little bit diva ish. That's kind of dope. That's dope.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So out of all of these, right? And I'm guessing, I feel like I know your answer. Like you probably want to stay more on the on the big screen side of things, right? Or or are are you down to like shit if another opportunity comes, um, and it's another dope? Uh, I don't know if you would necessarily do soap again. Would you?
1: Nah, I'd never do soap again. Um. I won't say never, cause you never know. It it wouldn't it wouldn't be about the money if I did do it, but I do appreciate the soap fans. I do love them cause they, they followed me through everything. You know, I had my first experience of being in a limelight or being under a magnifying glass was with soap people, yeah. travel the world being on that show. So um, definitely somewhere special for me in that show but um, I don't think I'd ever go back and do it. Um, as far as television and film, it's just about finding a balance. You know, and so I, I have a show on Amazon called With Love, uh, which is a romantic comedy. We just filmed, filmed our second season. I think it comes out next year, early next year. Um, I like doing TV, you know, uh, but I, I definitely want to generate more towards doing film, you know, especially with this film coming out. That's really the only thing I'm looking at this next year is filming like movies
0: are you hoping that you know you say you're serving as like kind of like the uh comedic relief a bit are you hoping mm-hmm. it probably sheds a little bit of the 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 stigma that might be like yo this is a guy like you know it's like he's he's a guy you put to get the love to be exuded you know through, throughout the scene now you get to kind of be like you know yo okay he's playing this you know kind of like his assholeish little bit mm-hmm. like funny guy role you know what i mean it kind of sheds that where it's like you're not only kind of typecast like all right cool we need We need the guy who's gonna be with her, and you Mm -hmm. know, kind of opens things up a little bit more for you, right? For
1: sure. You know, I'm trying to break the mold every time. I always try to do shit that's different than the last thing that I did. You know, Um, but you know, this movie is gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. People gonna love it. Uh, Basically, all black cast. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot to love about it. You know, like I said, the NFL is behind it, which is huge because. Yeah. They don't have anything, you know, because NFL fans are crazy. They they follow everything NFL related. You know, I posted uh, on my TikTok uh, in my um in my uniform, and I said, new chapter. I said, new chapter, and I tagged Atlanta Hawks, you know. Oh. And so it was so funny. Before they announced me being on the movie, they was like, damn, this nigga is on TV. Annie, and the football is like, I'm always trying to break the mold. I'm always trying to like, you know, you thought you knew me, you know, you don't know me.
0: That's kind of where I'm at with it yeah yeah and, and and you know before we even wrap up here, I gotta ask you about the music man. um, oh you know, yeah, so um I, I I think a lot of times, you know, again, you, you mentioned purpose, but I feel like sometimes there you have purpose and you also have passion, right? and i i could I could tell you have a passion for music, and even if that might not meet the level of success you've uh, achieved through acting, you probably still want to pursue it and also. You know, you're probably just trying to see where it goes until you know whatever, whatever happens. What's your journey with music? And you know, obviously, you told me about it early on, but what is it now? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's not, it's not an equal measuring stick.
1: Um, I don't think success is all, is all equal, right? I mean, you can be really good at one thing or be known for one thing and still be really great at something else. You know, there's people who ain't never seen me and shit, but only know my music too. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't do music for any kind of, any other reason other than the fact that it just drives me. It's like, it's the purest form of art to me because really? when I'm acting, there's so many different fail safes right? When I'm acting, I got a director, I got, you know, so it goes through an editor, it's so many different things until you guys get the finished product. Music is, it's like, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth, you know, you're hearing it straight from me, you know, and... it also, is your story because when you're acting... It's you're my playing. story, I get the... Exactly. But that's that's the, that's also the issue is that because I've spent a lot of my time doing great work and working with great people on the acting side, there is a level of transparency that needs to go along with doing music because your favorite, you know, artists are fans, artists that you know where they come from, what they are about, who they are. And that's the complete opposite as an actor. Because as an actor, you don't want people to know who you are. You want to be able to live synonymously through everything. See. If if you know me so well and I go and do a movie, you're like, that's fucking Rome. I know that nigga. You know what I'm saying? But that's, if you
0: know less about it I'm like, yo, man, it, it feels like sometimes, like, just even personally, actors don't give you a lot of themselves outside of the role. And it feels like you're just learning these guys through these movies. and, and these Exactly. We, right. I mean, you don't know. Nobody knows who the fuck Leonardo
1: DiCaprio really is or Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, who are these people really? We don't know. We only get to live through whatever they give us on screen. But like I said, with, with music is different. People latch on to music because they, they connect to it, right? They have to connect to it. In order to connect to it, if you make the kind of music that is just like catchy, then it don't really matter, right? But if you make a music where you want people to hear what you got to say, then they got to feel you. Then they got to feel you coming from, and feel your genuineness, you know? Uh, which is crazy though, because um, you know, one of my favorite artists is Youngboy. I listen to a lot of Youngboy. Yeah. I I probably know yeah, I probably know more Youngboy than than anybody. My, my my brother, he probably know more than me. He put That's me on to him, but...
0: he just called me while I was I texted him if you saw me look down. Hey, was... Tell him I tell him I said what's up. We got we got the same um we got the
1: same uh music attorney too. But I've been waiting for him to drop. You know, he's supposed to drop tonight. You yeah. know what
0: I'm saying? I... I'm locked in. Yeah, I, oh shit. I didn't even know you'd be listening to Young Boy. Yeah, yeah, I I think they were calling me about something with that. But um no, no, that's, that's fine. Wait, you'd be listening to Young Boy, yeah. what do you listen to? And by the way, what I didn't also get, um, um, it probably could be one of the last questions um you do answer. Um I, I needed your top five for acting, but but okay. but our sure. all music. Um who do you listen to? Um definitely young boy,
1: a lot of young boy. Um I listen to the weekend.
0: What's your favorite boy?
1: Right now, probably from his last, he just that shit he just
0: dropped. Never lie. Okay, okay. Myself,
1: yo. but I'm hurting inside. You know, that shit. I, I love the
0: songs it. like that, like Lonely Child. Yo, I've sat in the dark. Like this is gonna sound mad weird to certain. Lonely Child, yeah, Long Survivor. Sat in the crazy. dark and like, like not on some like weirdo. Like I'm sitting in the dark, but it's just like yo. Just sometimes when you just just having a low moment to yourself, and like that's one of the moments of introspect. That's it's like moments of introspection for myself. That song kind of it's like holding up a mirror to like me, right? And mm-hmm. and I like when he does songs like that. You know, what I mean? of course I love most of his music, but um yeah, I think man, young boy's so misunderstood, man. Like if you
1: don't if you don't follow his music or understand or hear what he's saying, you just don't get it. That's the thing. People just don't get it. But there's so many people that do. That's why you're like the most streamed artist on on YouTube, you know, and breaking milestones at his age and dropping three four albums a year is insane like being a young boy fan you never star man. you're gonna be like you always
0: got shit coming out that's a fact. But the only thing is like no way you, go- too, you know what i like about him you know you know there's a lot of rappers who like yeah part of their music or maybe their is like yo this this guy this guy's a gangster third. but like he gets super vulnerable like he'll tell you shit that you know what i mean he's not scared yeah. to be vulnerable with fans and he secured himself to know listen i know i am who i am even if I, I i bear my soul and the only people who really connect is the people who bear their soul that's the thing exactly about i think yeah. we, as we were like even circling back to to how you were talking about you making music is like if you bury your soul that's the only thing that connects right like that's the only thing you feel like that's what young boy doing everything
1: he he puts out and people probably only hear it, think about the, the gangster shit he talk about. But like like you said, if you listen to his music, you really figure out who he is. And I fuck with him just off the music he put out. But like, his honesty though, you know, like he's genuine in his music to a point where he'll tell you shit you ain't wanna know. You know what I'm saying? Gross, but nice, you, re- you respect it, you know what I'm saying? You respect it. And so I always, I'm always gonna be fucking with people that that, that
0: is genuine. And um, that's why I rock with Young Boy definitely. Who else, who else? Give me like two more. What you listen to um, Yeah. Uh,
1: listen to, uh, I listen to Tori Lanes. Um, Tory. That nigga, that nigga is, that nigga, he can't hoop for shit though, but that nigga can see, that nigga right, that nigga amazing, you know what? You <laughs> know, he can't see me on the floor though, but that court he can't fuck
0: with me. Have you played any of these guys in ball? And by the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, uh, I- I'll definitely say about Tori, like Tory reminds me of, I- I- I'm going to try to, I want to put it in a basketball reference. I don't know if I want to call him like a Carmelo Anthony or like maybe a Jamal. <laughs> like no, no like, like what I mean by that is like, I think he's good at like twenty different things, but like I think we're waiting for the championships, right? And I think he was on like a run before like his whole situation happened, and those championships come in the sense of like these classic, timeless albums that just shape and shift the whole culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Drake had that very early on in his career when the pressure was high. But you got to drop those championships, otherwise you're just the guy that they're gonna be like, "Yo, you're mad skilled." Like you're you're you're, you're she like you got nothing to show for it. That exactly. Kind of and, and um, the the good thing for him though, he's working. Which I usually in music artists get lazier the more they go on, and he's mm. like I'm working like I'm back at the TTC Metro in Canada just rapping, trying to get on. And I respect that so much because he's been
1: rapping, bro. People don't know he's been rapping for he's been doing music longer than Drake. I mean, this thing has been around a long time. Yo, he, I, I used to heard- listen to his
0: mixtapes on CD. Yo, I, I heard of him. Uh, as like 2011. I remember he, he had a feature on a Bun B song and I was like, who the fuck is this? And Man. honestly, like, you know, that's when he came to States a couple years before and like people didn't really kind of like he wasn't on on so he was just kind of he's bouncing around like getting where he could fit in until like probably around yeah. like fourteen, fifteen, 14, 15, like he starts getting like some traction. So that's interesting. I mean, be, yeah. Be uh, great.
1: Who's, the
0: third? who's the third?
1: Um I just was thinking about it. Who my I third? I, I listen to a lot of people, I listen to Dirk. Mm. Um, you know, I'm from the city, so I definitely
0: listen to the you voice. You gotta listen to Dirk. Dirk, Dirk. I know I know all Dirk shit just like I know all the YB shit too though. Um Dirk to me is a d- definition of consistency and a definition of you never hit your peak, and you're never done until you stop trying. Until you stop. And, so. you know, after 2012, 2013, in 2014, probably one of the lowest moments of his life, got dropped by Def Jam. I remember I used I'd be on Twitch a lot. Dirk used to mm-hmm. text my phone, like, today's, you know, everybody hits me up, like, today's a Thursday. Albums come out on Friday, and, he like, I could tell, like, no one was really fucking with him at the time. He was just like, yo, act. So yo, you want to play 2K and just, like, play my album in the back and we could be on your Twitch? And I was like, yo, bro, let's go on. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was just him just not stopping consistently. And, like, fast forward to, like, about six, seven years later, you know what I mean? He signs to an indie label, and now he's just back on popping because, you know, things do come back around, too. So come back around
1: for yeah. you, yeah.
0: Know, to your point that you said earlier about waiting your turn, it was just, like, even his style, I remember when he first started, like you know, he, he started doing the singing stuff a little bit. People were like, "Yo, what the fuck is he doing?" You know what right. I mean? But um, things came back around for him, and it's that like consistency and persistence. So I love his, I love his hustle, man. Can't even lie.
1: Nah, he, he be grinding, he would be locking in for real. But uh, let me think. Oh, J Cole definitely one of my, one of my tops. I listen to a lot. Mm. Um, and I listen to Chris Brown. Seems um. Good. Uh, I like I like Bad Bunny. Really?
0: Um, Where do you speak? Yeah. Do you speak Spanish?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do speak a little Spanish. myself. really, but yeah. I, I mean,
0: yeah, I'm a but bad yeah, man. My... Don't don't understand half of it, but I know the lyrics. Like I I probably yeah, right. I know it. I don't even know what he's talking about, but I love the fact that Bad Bunny's blown up because it's shown is a globalization of music. Man, like mm-hmm. these days, somebody could be from New Zealand and if you're really that hot, and if you you could be talking a different language. You could look different. Don't matter. You could be tall, <laughs> short, you could be gay, straight, you could be blind, you could be anything. You mm-hmm. know I mean? You be fat, skinny yeah. doesn't matter. Like as long as you got great music. And that's yeah. exactly how music should be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that that's the thing for me. You know, like
1: my project, I'll probably put it out um next year. I just dropped a single uh on the 30th of September. Um that for me, I did this project when I was when I was filming in Atlanta. Um, I I could during that time it was pandemic, so I couldn't fly back to LA or fly anywhere because Netflix was like, you know, real restrict about what you was doing and shit. Um, so I flew out <clears throat> these this group of guys called the Dreamatics, these producers, they were super dope. And this guy Friday, I don't know y'all know who Friday is. He this before he had done anything with anybody really. Um, yeah. this nigga was incredible. You know, we we worked together. And we and my whole album is me and him. We wrote the whole thing together. And you know, shortly after that, um, we he got back to LA and you know, we got the same manager and shit. So this nigga did the catalyst. Shit. I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, like, he always been super talented, but when we was locking in together in in Atlanta, all we did was just try to figure
0: out Wait, that's the nigga who did to- that shit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I remember I seen a video of him like in a room, doing. I'm like, yo, no fucking way this great ass song was done like this, like like, it, it just seemed organic. You know what I mean? I was just well, like. The
1: crazy thing is that, just to segue off that a little bit, um, Edgar, his, his manager's name is Edgar, right? They ran a play for that because he hit, he hit Friday and said, yo, nigga, you need to make something for, for uh, God did. It. So he, like, he had an idea already, and he was oh. recording and did it. And they didn't even have Khaled on the line or nothing at first. They just did it. And then they knew another guy, Eddie and AR. And um got it to Khaled's hands and Khaled listened to it. You know, he was like, this shit is crazy. And that's how that happened. Like it wasn't even like he knew Khaled before that. He didn't even he said he ain't even talked to him until the song dropped. <laughs> he said he didn't even know. He told me he didn't even know if his name was gonna be on the uh, was gonna be on there or not, because he didn't know what they was gonna do, if they was gonna take him off or or what, you know. So I mean I'm super happy for him. That's my dog. But the project that we got together is crazy because he like he's an amazing writer, but the shit we talking on there is dope
0: when does that drop it's gonna be next year okay so you got the single out now um yeah i i know and i think that's what maybe you were you were alluding to right like you know if if you could really balance both things or or, or go a million percent on both you know what i mean that would obviously be optimal right but like yeah you got, you got a new single out obviously what happens in the music world people is putting out a million percent and trying to promote it they're all over the place yeah but like shit, like you, you, have another job, my nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. yeah. That's the thing. It's about balance. The, the best huh? way to think about it is like you know, um, and I've been waiting to see like maybe maybe Rotimi a little bit. You know, Rotimi has some successful music too. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I I think about, I think everybody wants to be like, especially who has your talent wants to be like Jamie Foxx, get a fucking mm. platinum album and get a movie that's like selling a hundred million right? That, hey, that, that's the dream. That's, that I, is the I, template. Like, that's the, hey, have you thought about trying to combine them a bit, right? Like, kind of, like, even hitting your agent, like, yo, yo, if there's any roles that have, like, you know, a little bit more music in it, you know what I mean? A little so, bit, Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, there's not a lot, I mean, a lot of actors do sing, but not a lot of them are
1: good. So, I will say, crazy thing is, like, every, every, um, every year around Christmas or around these holiday times, like, people start to talk about me being uh Prince of uh, Naveen, right? For Disney. Like I always get that shit trends every year. People don't know I talk to Disney. You know, they can't because they pay attention to that shit. Really? You know? Yes, they pay attention to what people want. Yeah. I mean who what can what what kind of consumer would they be if they not pay attention to what the consumers want. I mean what kind of company would they be if they didn't pay attention to that kind of shit. You know? Um so yeah I definitely the singing shit, I've definitely done more auditioning and, and like being looked at for than anything. Like Snow White, another thing that I tested for, a lot of singing in that. Also, Wicked,
0: a Disney movie, my nigga, get you the fuck one out of here, man. You... <laughs> that real it's, pretty, it's, yeah, That shit is it's different. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's different.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> w- Wicked, I... Wicked was another one too that I tested for Ariana Grande and uh, Cynthia Alvaro was in that. Um, I, I, yeah, I do shit with singing all the time, man. Honestly, crazy thing, I had a movie with um Chloe. So you know I did a I did a video with her. She hit me up and I did it. But coincidentally she shot a film in Atlanta that was also it's also a film where it has singing and shit in it and I signed on to do it but then I couldn't do it cuz my schedule. So I'm gonna be sick when that comes out cuz it's gonna be good.
0: Oh shit. Yeah, yeah I I mean she she she's going through like um like she's going through probably like the the uptick in her career, um, where like shit, e- even the announcement that she was playing that role, like, you know, got a lot of people talking. But I think it's gonna be for the for, for the better of her career. It's like it's gonna it's mm-hmm. like just from what I have seen already, I'm like, yeah, she's gonna knock the shit out of the park.
1: I mean, she's talented, you know? Um, talent supersedes everything, man. No matter what you've done or who you are, you know, she she was acting before people really tapped into her singing anyway, mm-hmm. you know
0: uh but yeah she's she's dope i fuck with her mm, shit hey um i want to hold you like all the way too long but um yo wait i wanted your top five your top oh, yeah. five, um actors um yeah top five
1: actors i can't really give you in a specific order but i will nah, give you the order five. <laughs> yeah it's hard you can't really measure that um so one viola davis um but she's incredible you know having a triple crown means that she has a uh, tony and she has an emmy um and also an oscar you know so a triple crown and acting is it's really hard to do um another one for me is sydney portier you know he paved the way for i mean first first black actor to win an oscar like that's incredible you know from there which sparked the interest from like denzel these are the people that came after him but he really you know he set the table, so he's definitely on my list. Um, Cicely Tyson, who I got to work with, mm. you know, again, her career spanned over seven decades. You know, think about this. I always had to preface it this way because when I just say seven decades, you think about it like, damn, that's a long time. But I want to remind people that when you, when it comes to acting, like that, our job is to emulate the life around us. So if you think about that, seventy years ago. What the fuck was life like for her then? Where she had these certain roles that she was playing that pictured black people to be a certain way. So she's been able to live through these different decades and the changing uh, of the portrayal of black women on television. She's been a part of that from the beginning. To be able to do that for all these decades is really it's really incredible, you know. So recipes to her, got to work with her. That was, you know, an amazing thing for me to do. Uh Dizel. Dizel watched him obviously on my list. But obviously, because he's a great actor, but what really solidifies him to be in my top five is he bought the rights to um, the plays, you know, like fences, and he bought the rights to that, you know, August Wilson, the plays, to turn them into films, which is incredible because those are stories that, that were written specifically told from the Black perspective. And if he's gonna be a part of it, you know, it's gonna be fucking great, you know? So I, I appreciate him for being a part of pushing that forward because a lot of actors don't do that. You know, they'll they'll just jump onto whatever's already happening. But um, but yeah, he's definitely my top top five. And Javier Bordon. You know who that is? No. Who have you you ever seen uh Mother No Me. Country for Old Man? You gotta look him up. Spanish actor. He won an Oscar too for No Country uh for Old Man. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, I've seen this motherfucker a lot of times.
1: Nah, he's man, he's super talented. So he's definitely in my top five. Um, yeah, I think that's
0: far right there. Mm, that's dope. Um, um, real quick, top three sitcoms all time.
1: Top three sitcoms. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Martin. Um, and uh, Living Color.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I snubbed in Living Color. Who do was- you have in there? I think I thought Jamie Foxx show, man. I love that shit, man. Damn, it's so hard, bro. You got the Wayne show. That shit was yeah. funny. Yo, I just had an argument uh, about about the Wayne show, and I was just like, uh, yo, I just loved like you know what it is? I know and I know I know a dude, and I remember telling him in college, I'm like, yo, bro, you're wasting your funny and you're wasting your talents, and you're not honing your god get like he reminded me so much of Jamie. He was so musical, you know what I mean? And he yeah. was Funny as shit, and I remember saying to him, "I'm like, bro, you just trying to keep making girls laugh, and like you, you have us cracking up all day. Why don't you like try to do something with serious? Because sometimes people have God right. given talents. You know what I mean? Oh, when mm-hmm. people tell me I'm funny, I'm always thinking like, yo, hey, you think I'm funny? That motherfucker was funny. I just, right. he never just applied it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, I, I guess that's why I love that show because we always used to watch it, and I could tell he was taking a lot from like the character of how Jamie was. Right. And I was just like, yeah. this is classic. Um, okay, uh, top three movies. Top three
1: movies. Um
0: that's tough. Uh Mo Money. Mm. Um, let me
1: think. Inception. Um oh, I love it. Heart. Inception. Top three. Damn, you really fucking me with that. Cause like three. Hold on. Way, let me think. There's so many. Um, I give five I give five. I'll five. All right, cool. I'm gonna put Woman King in there. I just saw that recently. That's definitely on my top five for a lot of reasons. Um, another one is uh, Rush Hour
0: mm. and, then watching, and Friday. Yeah, My girl walks in like, yo, how many times you gonna watch this shit? I'm like, yo, <laughs> every time I watch it, I see some new shit. Cause like I'm watching it different. Yeah. Friday, Friday too. Yeah, gotta throw Friday in there. My,
1: that, that's like my actors like uh, list. You know, I got other ones like New Jack City, Fresh, yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, that was on a different list. Belly. You feel me? Those movies are uh Scarface. I have a whole different set. of, Like, as and, a viewer watching, but as an actor, I like
0: those movies. I I got a better question for you. Um, w- which show or series you wish you like? It doesn't. You didn't. You didn't. It don't matter what show it is, right? Which All show right. or series you wish you were part of in some way? Like you know what I mean? Like, um, you wish you were back. You, you you played in Juice or some shit or whatever the case is. Like, what what movie? Yeah. Show?
1: So. I would say Succession, mm. which is a show that's still on TV uh, in some capacity would love to be in that show. I think every actor on that show could win an Emmy every year, and they they have actually. Um, that show, um, I always wanted to be on Dexter, man. I always like loved that show. For real? Yeah, I always did, yeah. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Definitely. Just because Will was incredible in that show. And that was another hard one to be like, damn, First Prince is like, it's up there, man. Like one of the best sitcoms ever for me. Um, let me think. Other shows? That's tough. Uh, what's that one show with, um, damn, with the with the dragons? I can't remember the name of it. With, uh, with um, Game of Thrones? Yes. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name, but Game of Thrones. Definitely, mm. definitely a show I wish I could be a part
0: of. Hey, hey, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing rapid fire, yo. Do you feel like, like, I look at movies like you know, Boys in the Hood and New Jack City, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, did technology just ruin movies? Because like those movies just seem cool, like, yo, you couldn't just <laughs> text they did. And, like go outside and be like, yo, what's up? Like, people were like, the movies is different, like, it's I was looking different. At yeah. there just now, and I'm like, yo, it, it, if. I hate when they do remakes and they modernize it too much. You know what I mean? Like you got to keep that same uh, uh, aesthetic because in reality, someone sending a text don't really work as opposed to like that fucking rotary phone ringing and y'all talking got a little split screen or they're going back and forth. It's just different. Like I like watching shit that occurs an older time before we were so logically advanced.
1: The wood. I mean, we couldn't make a movie like that now. It's like, yeah, I think, I think for me, the 90s, early 90s uh, were the highlight for cinema for me. Just because during that time period, we had so many amazing films that now, like you said, technology did kind of ruin the shit because now everything's too clear. You know, everything's too precise. People trying to overshoot, trying to be too creative. You know, but, but the 90s movies, man, like, they still timeless. You know, you can still sit and watch them like there ain't many the movies I can remember from the 2000s. I could be like, damn. You know, I know there has been a lot, but like the 90s always still have that sweet spot for cinema to me.
0: I still got a crush on Miss Parker, man. Shit's crazy. Hey, yo, yo, <laughs> uh, let me ask you a question. If if you could pick one, I feel like maybe there's a hierarchy to it, so I, I probably know what you're going to pick. Um. Yeah, never mind, because you already got an Emmy. Mm-hmm. So, I was gonna say, I do want more. I want more Emmys though. Shit. <laughs> yeah, but I was gonna say, like, you know, I don't know what the top Emmy is. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's I mean, like definitely. Oscar, but, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you have an Emmy already. So, even if you got like. Yeah, but I want
1: to, I want a primetime Emmy
0: too, though. So, I want an Emmy. I want just to be acknowledged for whatever I'm
1: doing that, you know, for my peers. And that's what we all want, right? Um, but I have a daytime Emmy. I want a primetime Emmy, you know. I want an Oscar. I want a Tony. I want all. I want. I mean, they're not important to me. I don't give a fuck about the awards. But what it signifies to me is like that my hard work, people are recognizing that. You know, so it's definitely something I want.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, uh Oscar. How much would that mean to you? An Oscar? I can't even.
1: Uh, I w- I don't even know, man. I think in order to win, for me to win an Oscar, I think I would have had to go through such a journey on whatever the movie would be that I wouldn't even be the same person when I got done with it.
0: Like, yeah, you know. And, and also, I, I think these, I think you're working your way up on these, you know, um um these major films where, like, your role is going to increase and, like, your role is going to start to differ, where, like, I think we all know, like, to to get nominated or eventually win, it's, you got to have, like, some transformative shit going on with your character. Certainly.
1: Right? And... Yeah, um, that, yeah.
0: I, I think you're on your way there,
1: ah, uh, yeah, certainly, man. I mean, it's all a part of the of the plan, you know, i, I, I my best, my best work is gonna be ahead of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done amazing
0: shit behind me, but <clears throat> my best work is ahead of me for sure. okay. I'm and- only gonna get better, man, you know? No, of course. And I'm, it, my my last question here because this episode is gonna be dropped around the time It's gonna be dropped. by the way, we feel I, I'll break the third wall. We filmed this in, in um October, but it's going to be dropped in November. Um, right. Almost Thanksgiving. Name me mm. three things that you're thankful for in life. I'm thankful for
1: my family. I, I think I appreciate my family more than I ever have this past year. Just because I spent so much time, like, focusing on my career. I'm still doing that. And just sacrificing my personal life and and everything for what I do um now when I kick it with my mom you know it's like damn kicking it with moms you know I used to not like yo don't come up here I used to want to be by myself here because I needed to be isolated because I was on such a mission and now I'm trying I'll be trying to get her up all the time you know so definitely my family um I'm just I should I'm thankful for 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 life you know uh if I hopefully I'm I'm alive by this comes out you know what I'm saying I think hopefully you know but I'm happy to just be here and doing what I want to do with my life, man. Like, literally, the world is your playground. Have fun with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I went back to, nigga, I didn't even tell you this, but I went back to college last year and played basketball. Really? For a season. Yeah. I don't think no actor or nobody ever did that shit before. (laughs) I went back to college and played. Why? After I was done filming. Why? Because it was on my list, man. It was on something I always wanted to do. Um, it felt like it, it was just so important to me. It was like a full circle moment, almost 10 years removed from when I had my offer to play the beginning at the first time, turning it down and then being able to get an opportunity to play was like one of those things where I couldn't pass up, you know,
0: um, you playing basketball, man. You sound like you're nice. Nigga. I'm like that, bro. I play with, uh, man, I got the opportunity to play. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look what I said. I'm a bucket for real. Um, uh, I had an opportunity to play with Kyrie. Um, I played with Melo before uh in the offseason last year. Running with them was was crazy. That was like that was like dream come true for real as a hooper.
0: You you play one v one versus uh NBA train. okay? That's old.
1: That, that's
0: old as fuck though. You got I'm gonna have to send you some shit to watch though, because that's just that's old. 320. Sound like that nigga works. Yeah, down nah, hold on. I'm I'm i I'm gonna fire. <laughs> He <laughs> said it gave me work. No, oh, now, I'm work. now I'm different. Now, hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. 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 I see something from four days ago. Oh, actually, it, it? It, uh, it says Hoopers and Rome Flynn epic runs. What is it for? Beat
1: the new Google Pixel 7 Pro. I don't, oh, no, Pro. No, hold on, I don't be knowing.
0: I have this shit that's on there, man. BGU hosted some runs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Rome Flynn and Hoopers, like Chris Wilkes, Chance, and more. Yeah, there's a training video on there that I did I just did with him. Cause
1: he trains a bunch of league guys. Yeah, I'd be really training with these guys, man. I'm a buggy for real. You know what's different? You know what's crazy is that I actually I have an agent for basketball too. Really? Man, you see I seen Cole got that bag, bro. So hold on. I can really
0: hoop too. I didn't know you I feel like Cole just doing random shit, man. Like he's just doing side quests right now, man. He, like <laughs> that's what I be doing, bro. No, he riding around city bikes. Yo, he just he like you'll see him in an ice cream shop. Like, <laughs> he's living the life of like Andre three thousand. Like Andre three thousand be chilling by the train station, like literally, yeah, not, And it's not even on some like bummy shit. It's just like he's just mad free and just cool and doing what he want to do. Like he's just living mm-hmm. life. Like he's just happy. And I'm like, hey, as long as yeah, he's happy, right, So.
1: I gotta age it, man. I'm too busy filming right now, but if I ever get a chance, I might
0: go play somewhere. Man, you got a lot on your plate, man. Focus on the music first. Like you <laughs> I know, you got I to know prioritize, brother. You gotta prioritize. That's Yo, is there anything you didn't get to or anything you want to like, you know, shout out um while we still on here? Nah, man. Uh I just wanna it was dope talking to you. I never met you and shit, but
1: you, you be doing your shit, man. You be locked in and uh, no matter what people say about you, man, you you, you definitely solidify your, your space and your place in the culture, you know, and, and I think it's crazy because you really worked your way there to now, shit ain't happening unless you post about it, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's a crazy place to be in, man. You can't really, I don't even know what's comparable to that. I don't even know how you ended up in that position, but like when shit drop, if you ain't posting about it, everybody waiting to see what motherfuckers doing first week. Right, they want to see what, what academics say. What he do first week? That's what motherfuckers waiting to see. You yeah.
0: know what I'm saying? So I just want to give you a little bit of flowers for that because that's that's dope, man. Now nah, I appreciate you, brother. Like again, I I, I watched you and um, I hated you in, I hated you in a, uh, how to get over murder. Why, bro? What what'd I do? Why say hate? I Y'all hate them. Is because you <laughs> fucked up the dynamic. Like you got to realize, that I'm watching my <laughs> family. Like you're watching them. <laughs> like amazing. right. Continues, and you came in, you fucked up the whole type of scene. We ain't know what that you was on, and a lot of times, this is how again, this is how we view actors. I am looking at the characters. I am like, yo, how is he like outside of? How is he like outside of? Um, like you know, just film and acting. Yeah, and I wouldn't even think you are like this, honestly. You know what I mean? No, more, I would know you were from Chicago. I definitely wouldn't expect you to listen to like Young Boy. For Nobody would. Reason, yeah, for whatever reason, <laughs> I was just like, yo. I feel like you're a smooth cat that I listen to jazz, my nigga. <laughs> like I, I I do listen to that. I play piano, so I love I love jazz and piano, but I definitely I listen Youngboy every day. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I, I I didn't <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to tell. I wouldn't be able to tell um just off watching the character, but like again, I'm watching I remember that last episode of Violet Viola Davis, like like low key, I was tearing up. It's one of those things where I think I'm crying, I had to like get like, like I'm opening yeah. my eyes. I'm like, am I crying? <laughs> well, yo. Nah, yo, yo, yo! Great talking to you, brother. Um, you know I love to see people accomplishing their dreams, and you say some, you said some, some of the dopest shit, man. Like it feels like you're at a point where you're doing things that not only you're doing it with a purpose, you're doing things that you enjoy, and and that's gonna make you feel fulfilled. You know what I mean? A lot mm-hmm. of times we don't realize like most people get into their field and they go after the chase in the, the bag or chasing the check because sometimes we come from really. We come from impoverished backgrounds, but you're fortunate enough where like you could pick and choose. Like, okay, you could turn things down and, and 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 maybe you turn it down just for your soul or you just turn it down for you know your sanity. Um, that's way more fulfilling than anything else. So, you know what I mean? Yo, mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch you in this movie. Hey, me too, bro. It's
1: just gonna be funny, man. Appreciate your time, appreciate you fucking with me. Of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. What
0: yes, with you when I'm in LA next, all
1: right? Yeah, do that. So all right, bro.
0: I don't.